Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. <clears throat> we know that we are as well. Huge show in store for you tonight. Caleb Jackson, ladies and gentlemen. We, we've talked about him a lot on this show. Get to know the name. Get to know the name. Caleb Jackson, as we will break down the entire scrimmage, didn't go as long as we thought it would. Brian Kelly said that they'd be going 60 to 70 plays. They went about like 40-something, whatever it was. They went through an entire practice. I still thought that they looked good, and they got good work done. Um, Really good day Saturday all around, I think, uh, to most extents. We'll break all of it down. We'll break down, I'll just, look, I'll go drive by drive and tell you what I think, tell you what I saw, and we'll recap the entire fall camp, okay? Because at least, and unless I'm going crazy now, I'm pretty sure that was the last media availability that we have for the year, and so we'll just break down a lot tonight on what we saw and what we think. Um... Let me first start off by saying I got this DM a lot that someone was with us. Nobody was with me. Shout out to Carl the Cat. Uh, got to see and meet Carl the Cat. Got to see uh, Chris McGee. Uh, Kevin Big Mamu Fontenot, I think is his last name. I just know him as Big Mamu. Good to see uh, a lot of people that listen and watch the show. Friends that we've made along the way. Um, got to, you know, meet and see a lot of people. You know, we got in the elevator going up to the press box, got to meet a lot of people going down. A lot of people say they watch the show. So if I miss your name or if I, if I forget, you know, that we met, I apologize, but good to meet you. Good to see you. 
Uh, glad you're joining us. So I don't know where that came from. I literally have no clue. Nobody was with us. We are sitting next to uh, Dandy Don, Hunt Palmer, Hester, and Scarborough and Buddy. That's who I was sitting next to. So I don't know what... <laughs> I don't. I really don't know what uh, where that came from, but we got a lot to talk about here tonight. We'll break the scrimmage down. Uh, not only that, Saints played six. I just saw this from John uh, from John Hendricks. I mean, so LA just throwing this out there. I don't know if a lot of people know this. Uh, LA is going through a hurricane right now, or a tropical depression, tropical storm. Um, and they just had an earthquake. So keep me up to date. Keep me up to speed. I don't know if they're going to cancel the game. I have no idea what they're about to do, but this seems a little bit, uh, this seems a little bit crazy that they're going, that they're doing that. So we'll, we'll touch on that. Who stood out? What stood out? So just some things that I think we need to clarify here. Uh, one big area of concern. You already know where I'm going. Um, with that Sage Ryan out at boundary corner, I think is extremely interesting. Um, so we'll see. And by the way, we have some breaking news. So, um, it's why we're going live at five. Okay. Um, here we go. LSU has a new number eight. And that is Hayden Travinsky. So the super senior, the legend, Hayden Travinsky, will wear number eight for LSU next season. Congratulations to the man himself. Hayden Travinsky is an ultimate tiger. His legacy will go down as one of the best. Um, What a dude, man. What a dude. I absolutely love the choice, okay? I love that Hayden Travinsky is the dude that will be leading this team. You pass it down from Gavin Dugod now to Hayden Travinsky, another Louisiana dude. I love it very, very much. So congratulations to Hayden Travinsky. So good for him. Good for him. Completely deserved. He has battled through a lot. Kind of reminds you of Gavin Dugod. Reminds you a lot of Gavin Duga and what he battled uh, as well. And um, here's to hoping Hayden Dravinsky has a massive year wearing that number. Congratulations to him. Very much congratulations. Um, producer Pooh Bear, Pooh Bear says, weather is wild out here. Just lost my power in my hotel. Damn. And they had an earthquake. Dude, this is insane. Somebody ain't living right. The only thing the only thing left they got out there now is locusts and grasshoppers or whatever the Bible called for. I mean <laughs> I mean I, y'all tell me I'm lying. So you got a hurricane, you got an earthquake. If you see locusts, you better start running. Sodom and Gomorrah's coming. Sodom and Gomorrah is coming. Stay alive. So if you are listening to this and you're in Pooh Bear, put in the comments where you're at currently. 
Protect Pooh Bear at all costs. <laughs> Protect Pooh Bear at all costs. All right. Let's get rolling. We'll get to a couple of these comments. Uh, Chris, oh, Lord. Um, by the way, did y'all see this? He tagged me in it. That's why I saw it. Um, uh, honey bun hamburger with cheese. Did y'all see that? I ain't gonna lie. I clown my man a lot. I ain't gonna lie. I think it looked pretty good. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. A honey bun hamburger. Yes, indeed. Uh, is Denver Harris back? That he was. He was back yesterday. Um, there was a lot of discussion up in the press box about that. And look, I'll just continue to say it, and it needs to be said. If LSU ever needed a DB to go start going off, they need Denver Harris. Guys, LSU needs Denver Harris. Like, they, they need him to start going off. They need him to do – they need him to be the guy that everybody thinks that he is. They need LSU needs Denver Harris to start playing up to the potential that everyone knows that he has. That's the truth. That is 1000% the truth. Oh, he's in Southern Arizona. Damn, man. That all right. We'll still protect him at all costs. Still protect him at all costs. Um, Carlton Cisco says, let's ride Blake boot up. Tiger Nation, absolutely. Noah says Caleb Jackson is him. Dude, I, I've been saying this all non-playing portion of the season. He, I do, I still believe this. Been preaching it. If you've been listening to the show, you know I've been preaching it. I do believe by the end of the year, he's RB1. I don't think you'll have a choice. I don't think he's going to give you a choice, to be real with you. He's not going to give you a choice. If he can figure out uh, pass protections, things like that. But he's got a lot of seniors in there as well that can help him out. Uh, Brian Thomas. I'm assuming this is not number 11, Brian Thomas. But nevertheless, says, can't wait till hashtag angry Andre Sam wrecks Florida State even worse than he did with Marshall last year now that he'll be surrounded by way more talent. Had a massive pass breakup. Uh, we'll talk about here tonight as well. Philip Rose says, "What? Imp uh, hey, Blake, what impressed you the most? We'll talk about that. Yep, we'll talk about that. That's for sure. Penn Jones, who Penn Jones? Sends us a $9.99 super chat. Says, Krispy Kreme donut cut in half and grilled a hamburger patty. Apple, bacon, and cheese is the bomb. Well, number one. Uh, thank you for the super chat. Thank you so much. It's always appreciated. But I'll give Chris this. It did look good. But it was funny as hell. And I will never forget the place that I was when he said, when our uh, our listener Chris said, um, y'all ever tried honey bun with cheese on it? <laughs> oh, yes, indeed. Andrew Paulson Martin says, honey bun hamburger. What in the Charles Barkley's going on here? Yeah. I mean, look, it looked good. I'll give him that. It did look good. Uh, Jay Rayo says that was a nice touchdown by Kayshawn yesterday. It was, and that game got canceled. Thank gosh. Uh, what was it? Isaiah Bolden is okay. I saw he put out a statement and tweeted out that he was okay. 
Um, but yeah. Uh, Chris Savoy says, Blake, it was boils and sores. Yeah, man. You better start putting lamb blood on the cro- on, on front of your door and windows. Yes, indeed. A lot of people saying they love it about the Hayden Travinsky thing. Man, I, I love that so much. I love that so much for Hayden Travinsky. That's massive, dude. That's absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. All right, a couple more, then we'll get rolling. Steven Young who played with the San Francisco 49ers, y'all might remember him, says if Denver can shake the distractions, he will be that dude. Well, they need him. They need him. They need him. Guys, Sage Ryan's at starting at boundary corner. They need him. Because, And we'll talk about this. we got a long way to go on this show. They need him. Like, hey, man, I know that there's been some things going on. They need him. Anyway. All right. Last one, then we'll get rolling. Uh, Chili says, ask Blake, expound on your tweet about having a special season. I just think you're going to win. I think you're going to win the West. I think that you're, I think you have the potential to win the SEC. And I, I, I'm putting my playoff prediction out there. I put my top 10 out there. Pooh Bear and them, uh, the Golden Boot Pod. They'll be, I'm sure they'll be putting theirs out every week now because they'll, they're, we do the Believe thing, the Believe Network. Pooh, are y'all going to be doing y'all's? I'm assuming. Okay, well, they sent it out Monday. <laughs> All right, so, okay, okay. So, just be putting it out. So, last year we did our top 10, and I'm sure Pooh and them of the Golden Boot will be putting theirs, theirs out too. So, the top 10 every week. I just think that you're going to, I put the LSU in my final four for playoff predictions. I think you're making it. I think you're making it. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups if you're on Facebook. So many of you continue to dominate on the show for us by hitting the like and share. But not everybody. Do us a favor. Hit that like and share. Share to all those groups. Share to all those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, and notification bell. Closing in on 6,000 subscribers. So do us a favor. If you haven't done so already, subscribe and hit the notification bell. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching us on Fubo TV, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag, our good friends over at GMVarno and Sons. Don't go anywhere. Let's break down the scrimmage and things that we liked, things we didn't, and things that we think that's going to lead LSU to the playoff. We talk about that next. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first to market odds and lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Varno and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales, 
No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you, and then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell them your good friend, Blake Rafino. Sit you on by. We're back. back. All right, let's get rolling because we do got a lot to get into. Let me preface this. I'm going to get to all your questions. Pooh Bear is going to star some questions. I've already started a couple. We will get to as many of your questions here tonight as we can. But we got to talk. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. All right. Yesterday, you know that, and I, we pretty much put it all out there. We put our uh, practice breakdown on our message board, AYSSnetwork.com. If you haven't subbed, go over there and do so, man. $7 a month or do the annual package. You get four months for free. I didn't really expect to see what I saw yesterday. I thought we were going to get out there. LSU would go through some drills, and then the scrimmage would start. That's how I anticipated it to go. I anticipated it kind of like an abbreviated spring football game. But we did not get that. They went through an entire practice. LSU went through an entire practice before getting into a scrimmage. So, okay, well, let's watch that. There are a couple things that stood out. Number one, and I think the biggest thing, I do think special teams are going to get are, are fixed. Like, I, I really do believe that they have fixed things on special teams. There are multiple times they lined up for field goals and worked that early in the practice or the abbreviated scrimmage. Damian Ramos looked really good, and it's not as if that LSU was not trying to block these kicks. He made a couple of them from 47, one of them from 49. (coughs) Excuse me. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. But he made one or made two from 47, made one from 49, and Dybert did miss everything past the 35-yard mark. Uh, yesterday, Mason Smith was fully dressed out but did not participate. So was Mac Markway, Kamarian Pimpton, Deshaun Womack was also on the bikes at times, Landon Ibietta, and then three running backs that were out. Uh, Josh Williams, which I don't know if I'm starting to get a little worried about Josh Williams. Wasn't in the bowl. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that's where it started it all off. Didn't participate at all during the spring. Uh, and then has missed some time with that lingering injury, uh, this fall. So something to, to keep a, um, your eye on. Something to completely keep your eye on. Logan Diggs, I I started asking around about Logan Diggs. They said if a game was played today that he'd be in there and probably be getting a lot of a rotation. But I do think that we've seen now that Noah Kane probably unless and look, two weeks can change a lot because we'll talk about Caleb Jackson here tonight. I do believe that Noah Kane, because of everything he's done for you in the spring, Everything that he's done for you this fall, being there every single day, I don't know how you don't run him out there first play, first snap because of what he's already given for LSU 
uh, over the last year. So there are some guys that are banged up. The good thing is that you don't have anybody um, that was significantly hurt. Sage Ryan appears to be okay. J.K. Johnson is the only person that's out and not taking significant reps who would be taking significant reps. The one thing that I will continue to say, the secondary, even though in the scrimmage didn't look half bad, were completely bailed out by drops. Now, if you do not believe me, go to any other media member that you listen to. I know that um, Buddy and Mike and the people that were around us all emphasized the same thing. There were too many drops yesterday. But in fairness, the wide receivers were not given much break for over two and a half hours and constantly going at it for two and a half hours. I, you could tell that – and look, when you go to an LSU practice, there is no lagging around. Like, there is no, like, just, you know, watching something go on, like taking a little break here. They have one break, one significant break, period 18 is when they take a break. They are constantly battling, constantly going at, getting after it. So, yeah, the, the wide receiver room was a little bit sluggish, but – when the game or when the scrimmage portions started in seven on seven, Malik Neighbors went for 11. Aaron Anderson had a drop. Malik went for seven. Bradford went for three. They continued to push the ball down the field after that. Mason Taylor had a nice 20 yard grab. Seven on seven, the DBs didn't look so good. But then something else happened in the red zone. LSU focused a lot in the passing game in the red zone. Brian Thomas Jr. had multiple drops. Multiple drops. Didn't look good and kind of got his rear end pause, but yelled at because of the drops that this wide receiver core had in the end zone this past Saturday. LSU would turn it right around. Chris Hilton had a couple of good grabs. I thought that Aaron Anderson had a couple of good grabs, and Malik Neighbors continued to do Malik Neighbors things. Um, the offense and defensive line went one-on-one in pass drills. Guys, this O-line continues to win. Um, the only person that has lost multiple reps every time that I've seen and I've been out there on the O-line has been Garrett Dellinger. Makai Wingo is giving him the business over and over again, get rushing the passer. What I do think has happened is because Mason Smith and others are back and you have a rotation in there and he is not having to bear or, or carry the load, if you will, on the defensive line, he's been able to um, really do some good things in the pass rush. He had a couple of good, pass, uh, couple of good rushes during the main portion of the scrimmage. Um but really, outside of that, Will Campbell won all four of his reps against Ovia Gofu and Braden Swenson. He also won two reps against Harold Perkins. Uh, Charles Turner did not, had a really good day against uh, Jacoby and Guillory. And let me stop right there. Um, Jacoby and Guillory did not return in the scrimmage, 
because him and Charles Turner continue to push each other back and forth. Um, I don't know what's going on there, but there, I do know what's going on there. Heat is what's going on there. But Jacoby and Guillory and Charles Turner had a really good pushing match later into the scrimmage, but those two are really battling. Thought Emory Jones looked pretty good for all intents and purposes. Um, but just, I think that there could be a little worry with that, but I think this O-line continues to prove that they're really solid. You're not here for all the individual shit, and I get it. Let's talk about the scrimmage. LSU started off, Aaron Anderson's going to, uh, with special teams, Aaron Anderson's going to be your punt and kick returner. He's running as the first team dude right now, and if he's not the first team dude, come Florida State, there will be need to be some questions. Because that's what he's been all summer. All summer, he's been the number one dude. He had a really decent uh, punt return. And I just think that he is primed to give you an advantage that I don't think LSU's really had since DJ Chark. Even if, I mean, because DJ really wasn't, that wasn't a strength of his. Um, But he did take one back against Auburn for a tutty and pretty much won you the game. Aaron, that's just what he does. Kyle Parker was back there along with Javen Nichols. Um, but I do think that they want Aaron Anderson, If unless, God forbid, he's injured. Aaron Anderson's going to be your punt and kick returner. Here comes the scrimmage. I, the first note that I wrote down was Lance Erd. Lance Erd was standing by coaches behind the play. And I think what they were doing there the entire time, also he was getting reps, was they were trying to get him up to speed as quickly as possible. As quickly as possible, they are trying to get Lance Hurt up to speed. Because I do think that because of some inconsistencies with Garrett Dellinger, that they want to get Emory Jones into left guard. I really do believe that. Mason Lunsford's been a little banged up here and there. He has been rotating with Miles Frazier. I want to. I wouldn't be surprised at the end of all this that somebody's rotating with Garrett Dellinger. We'll see how that goes. But I did find it interesting that Lance Hurd was standing behind him. He did give up a sack um, later in the day with Ricky Collins, but some of that wasn't on him. It was a miscommunication. Complete miscommunication. Ones versus ones. I'm going to run. So this is how we're going to do it, okay? I'm just going to run down everything that we wrote down. I will be also honest. I did not write down the Ricky Collins stuff. I wrote down what he did. He went three for eight with a pick. That's about it. I am not writing 13 dudes down. I I think single, uh, whatever the kid's name is, 41 had a pick. Um but I did not watch that one. I mean, I watched it, but I did not write that one down. Here's the five drives from the ones and twos. Ones versus ones, twos versus twos. Mason Taylor had a six-yard catch. Sage Ryan was at corner and made the tackle, but Sage Ryan was at boundary corner. We'll talk about that. Noah Kane went for two. Ovi and Gofu came off the edge and stopped him, and then a pass was dropped um, by Malik Neighbors on a hitch route, three and out, 
Jaden Daniels would stay in there. They would go through another series because of the drop. The first two series or drives were really, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Sloppy offensively because you get a six-yard throw to Mason Taylor. You get a two-yard run from Noah Kane. So you're looking at a third and two, okay? They wind up throwing a hitch route to Malik Neighbors. And, guys, I mean, like, it's not like one of those 50-50, oh, well, Jay needs to throw it better. Oh, that needs to be a Malik catch. It hit him in the chest. It 100% hit him in the chest. Now, Zy Alexander was all over him. I don't know if the coverage bothered him, but it hit him in the chest. He's got to catch it. Jane Daniels in the uh, first team offense and defense would stay out there. First and 10, Taylor would have a catch for 17 yards and a first down. They would go right back to him in a hurry-up scenario. So LSU in the first drive would kind of just play it a little close to the vest. They would get the play in, they go up. The entire day, the LSU offense ran hurry-up. They were on the line getting the play, getting to the ball, or getting to the line, getting the ball snapped, and going after it. Something that we had not seen a lot from LSU under Brian Kelly, but that's what they did. So 17-yard catch for Mason Taylor. Mason Taylor would catch an eight-yard or have an eight-yard catch, but then he would fumble the football on a Sage Ryan tackle. Garrett Nussmeyer would come in. Bradford would run for four. Then he'd have a catch that would lose two. Uh, third and 11, uh, Hilton would catch a slant and would go up the field for a first down. Nussmeyer had a deep pass that was incomplete. Brown, Jalen Brown, would catch a slant from uh, Garrett Nussmeyer. Deuce Chestnut would miss the tackle and it would go for 20. Prean, which by the way, we need to have a conversation about him soon, not tonight. But we need to have a conversation about him soon. This is where things, after the pre-end catch with the second team, this is when things start getting like, oh, shit. Here came Caleb Jackson. He had an eight-yard run and was running dudes over. Like, running, like, Quincy Wiggins' body may still be imprinted in Tiger Stadium. Okay? Clap back. Nussmeyer would throw a pass on second and two to Aaron Anderson that he missed really, really bad uh, in the back of the end zone, but he was under a little bit of pressure. I'm not going to throw that on him. He needed to get rid of the ball anyway, he, but Anderson was wide open and had no, cha- uh, no chance. Caleb Jackson would come in and uh, get the carry. You've seen it by now. Go for the 20-yard touchdown. Jane Daniels would then, which by the way, I'm going to talk about this kid on the 75-yard um, screen pass. Let's just continue to move on. Daniels would run for three in a zone read. Lacey would get eight on a quick hitch and a first down. Malik Neighbors has another drop. So this is two times in the scrimmage they go to Malik Neighbors and he has a drop. Don't like that. <clears throat> Did not like that. And it's difficult because... I look at this and have seen Malik, and look, Brian Kelly has been gracious. We've told you this. Has been massively gracious with allowing the media to be at at practice. I have not seen Malik Neighbors drop a pass all summer, okay? He has two in the scrimmage. 
that was a little concerning. Last Saturday, though, when they did their scrimmage, really, which was their first scrimmage, he went nuclear, okay? I'm not worried about Malik Neighbors at all. Just throwing out there that he had a couple of drops. Holly, Trey Holly would get a carry for four yards. Lacey, so third down, all right? Third down and six. Another situation where you got to pick up a first down. They put it in the hands of Jaden Daniels. There was a little slant and wheel route that Kyron Lacey was wide open on. It hit him in the hands and he dropped it. So you have three drops in two Jane Daniels series with the first team. I don't like that. LSU would go for it on fourth down. Jane Daniels would scramble on an all-out blitz. LSU lined up everybody on the line. Harold Perkins was coming after him, and he scrambles out of it and is unable to be caught, scrambles for a first down. So... I don't know how many times you're going to go for it on fourth and six, okay, at your own 50-yard line, but they did. Mason Taylor had a eight-yard catch. Uh, Sage Ryan went down. So it looked like it was a stinger or a dislocated shoulder. He was able to run off of his own accord. So hopefully to see Sage Ryan back. Next play, slant. Brian Thomas Jr., drop. Savion, so, again, that's four drops, guys. I mean, ask any media member you want. If you don't want to believe me, that's fine. They have four drops through two series. Uh, I gave Savion Jones a sack on the next play. I thought the whistle should have been blown dead. They didn't blow it dead. Uh, but, nevertheless, Noah Kane had a catch for nine yards. Then he had a run for nine yards. We're in the red zone. Slant to Brian Thomas Jr. as a pass broke up by Andre Sam, which was beautiful. He sprinted from the safety position, jumped up at the line of scrimmage and batted the ball down. And Matt House went crazy excited when he saw Andre Sam do that. A fade to Malik Neighbors uh, was incomplete. The play was also stopped. For whatever reason, there wasn't a flag. We didn't see why it was stopped, but uh, Malik Neighbors stopped and the whistle was blown, so it wasn't a play, but they still counted it as a down. I have no idea what happened there. And then Jane Daniels would find Noah Kane uh, in the middle of the field for a touchdown, and they would score. The last drive that we recorded, Nussmeyer had a slant to Sheldon Sampson that he dropped. False start by Aaron Anderson, and then here comes Caleb Jackson. He had a 75-yard screen pass that you've already seen for a touchdown. Here's the things that I look at. Number one, LSU has been – so let's make this understood, okay? The number one thing that stands out to me, the number one thing that stands out to me more than anything, if Brian Kelly – thought that he did not have an issue or if all summer there had not been an issue at corner sage ryan would not have been out there deuce chestnut participated zy alexander participated 
JV and Taviano participated. Every corner, Andre, uh, uh, not Andre, Sam. Um, God, dog it. What's the kid from Rummel? Uh, Stamps. Stamps was a good go. Everybody that they had. Denver Harris was a go. The simple nature that we ran out there yesterday and Sage Ryan is at boundary corner shows you what's been happening this summer. Now, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't think that Sage Ryan had a bad day before he went down. Quite frankly, I thought that he had a really good day. Like, from what we saw, that does not mean that it's going to translate to Florida State. But from what we saw of him Saturday, he had a really good day. Forced a fumble, got the ball back. Made a couple tackles on a really physical tight end. I thought that he looked pretty decent. But it just goes to show you the worry that there is, not for me, at, at all, completely. Guys, why are you moving to safety to boundary corner if you're not having issues? Now, the defense was completely bailed out multiple times by drops. Malik can't have two. Kyron Lacey can't have one, and Brian Thomas can't have one. It, it cannot happen. Okay? With that being said, that was the first time all summer that I'd seen, personally, this wide receiver core have an issue. Now, the Saturday before, they didn't not, that didn't happen. All these catches or all these passes were caught and scored upon. But we'll see. I do think that Sage Ryan is a unique case here, and we'll see how that prevails. I thought the offensive line did good. I do think that there were some times that maybe there were some questionable times that there could have been a sack. Brian Kelly did not blow the whistle dead. He allowed Jane Daniels to step up in the pocket and fired the ball down the field where he threw it. Jaden, quite honestly, unless he outright had to, outright had to, did not run. He did run to pick up the first down, and I'm okay with that. If you're going to get a first down on fourth and ten, let's just get the first down. I don't care how you do it. Like, it's so stupid. Like, if Jane Daniels picks up a first down with his legs or his arm, does it really matter? He still pick, picked up a first down. But on fourth and ten, he scrambled on an all-out blitz and got there. I, I do think <clears throat> that there was a concerted effort to try to get the playmakers out in space, one-on-one, -on -one, and it didn't prevail that way. We did see a Aaron Anderson uh, screen pass, a bubble screen that was uh, called back, okay, because um, of, of a false start. But other than that, I mean, they tried to get the ball out to their playmakers. That's all that they did. There was not a concerted effort to get the ball down the field in this particular scrimmage. They wanted to get the ball to the playmakers, and they tried to do that. They didn't run the ball at a significant rate, but Jaden didn't really have a lot of uh, opportunities uh, at just handing the ball off and being able to throw the ball down the field because it's not what the play dictated. 
But I do think that you have a playmaker that's going to be in the backfield that two weeks is a long time. Caleb Jackson, okay, is an outright dude. The 20-yard run, okay, where he's running people over and supplanting people, getting out in space and moving the way that he does. I mean, the eight-yard run, two plays before that, he ran Quincy Wiggins completely over. Then he busts the outside scores, and then you've seen it, the screen pass. That kid's going to have to see touches. I don't know how many touches he sees against Florida State. He will have to. I think the third thing that cons- that I looked at was I did think the front seven played really well without Mason Smith. They got after the quarterback. I thought Savion Jones looked the best along the defensive line from a run pass from a run game scenario and from a pass rush scenario. He was by far the best. Um, they did one thing that was interesting. If we're going to talk about personnel too, and I'll start fielding your questions. So if you have questions, thoughts, concerns, fire them in right now. If, even if you put a question up top, put them down to the bottom again, and we'll try to get to as many of them as we can. Here was an interesting defensive thing. They ran Harold Perkins out to the edge. So it was Harold Perkins, Savion Jones, um, Makai Wingo and Braden Swenson. Greg Penn comes in. Omar Spates comes out. Major Burns goes down. Andre Sam goes back. They were really multiple. And talking to some people around there, that's not something that Jane Daniels has ever saw from this team or defense, or nor Nussmeyer. Nor Nussmeyer. So... That was interesting, too. They gave a lot of looks. They did a lot of shifts along the defensive line. A lot of shifts. So, that's how it, that that's it. So, we'll, uh, I'll field your questions here. Okay. Uh, John Sibley Butler with a $50 Super Chat says, Will Vegas treat FSU as a home game for them, or will it seem as a neutral site? Thank you so much, John, for the Super Chat. It the line has gone as it's in favor of a home game for Florida State. Two teams that are completely even. Normally the road teams minus a field goal anyway. It's at two and a half now. I mean, Pooh, wouldn't that be about right? I mean, Pooh's Pooh Bear's the gambling expert here. But I do feel that that's about right. I do think that they're treating Florida State as a as a home as a home uh as a home team. Thank you so much, buddy, for the super chat. Uh, Crystal Rose said, did Logan Diggs play? He did not. He was out. So in case you missed it, he was out. One of the injured players that was out. Uh, wasn't Sage a corner coming into LSU and then converted to safety? Yeah, and they thought that he was going to play nickel. That's a good point. But not the boundary, though. Not the boundary. Michael B. said, how was Caleb Jackson at pass protection? Really and truthfully, he was not in a scenario where he did. So when he came in with Nussmeyer, okay, it, when he came in with Nussmeyer, the first play that he came in, he had an eight-yard run, and then there was a, fade, a slot fade to Aaron Anderson that was missed. He didn't hit anybody. It was nobody that came through the line scrimmage. And then he had the 20-yard run. The next time that we would see Caleb Jackson was the quick slant to uh, Samson that was incomplete and dropped. 
the false start by Anderson, and then Caleb Jackson would get a 75-yard screen pass that he'd take to the house. So <clears throat> that part of it we did not see. Penn Jones says, Blake, do you think that the new running clock is going to make more teams run more hurry-up offense? Potentially, maybe. But I don't think that that was the reason why LSU was doing it. I think that the reason that LSU was doing it was because that that's something that they want to do, right? Like, you can just tell, like, that's something that LSU wants to do. So, it's look, I had not seen them do that. And if this is supposed to be a scrimmage, they were going hurry up. There's no huddle. There's no, like, they they were getting after it and wanting to run some – um, run some hurry up. And they did, man. And they did. And they, I mean, quite frankly, the receivers were open. And the problem is, is that they were wide open. The only thing that saved us, saved LSU Saturday defensively is the drops. Outside of that, man, offensively, through the entire summer, through the entire scrimmage, the secondary got toasted. If there's if there was ever a time, if there was ever a time that LSU needed, and I'm talking about absolutely needed, Denver Harris to step up, the time is now. They need him more than anyone can ever know, in my opinion. Like if I'm Brian Kelly, I go to him and say, listen. We need you to be the dude that you know that you are. Let's focus. Let's lock in. Come on. Because right now, right now, I don't feel really good about the secondary versus Florida State's wide receiver core. I don't. I don't. Uh, Joe, uh, big Joe, uh, Mr. Parp says, sound like we getting blown out in Orlando. I wouldn't say that, but you always negative. Anyway, we ain't getting blown out in Orlando guys. They practice they had a complete practice and then scrimmaged. We're not getting blown out. Um, uh, M I don't know. I'm just going to call him M M says is Aaron Anderson a starter. He's rotating, but he's not with the first unit. No. David says Aaron Anderson is a burner. He will play. Don't sleep on Hilton. Yeah, Hilton. Look, if there is a receiver that nobody was really expecting to have a breakout summer, it was Chris Hilton. Chris Hilton had a massive summer. And look, he just needed to get healthy. He had a big Saturday. I mean, y'all saw him run down... um, Y'all saw him run down Caleb Jackson. And Caleb Jackson, you know what's crazy? Caleb Jackson was running apparently and allegedly 21 and a half miles an hour. So was Chris, and Chris ran him down. Something ain't, something ain't right with that. <laughs> something ain't right with that. I don't, I don't believe that. Uh, Nicholas says, I think maybe you start the freshman at running back or wide receiver. This is LSU. I don't 
know where you start. Where, who, what freshman would you start at wide receiver or running back outside of Caleb Jackson? And I don't think you start him then anyway. Why would you? I, I don't. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Edo says, love seeing former UL Magni State or Southeastern playing uh, ballers or playing a uh, balling at LSU. I thought Zy Alexander looked really good. He's been your best corner all summer. He's been the best corner all summer. And there hasn't been a time that he's going out there, even if he's gotten beat, he's gotten beat, but he's been all over the receiver. And you know what, man? If that's going to happen, then that's going to happen. If that's gonna, if you're gonna get beat, I'd rather you be covering him with everything you have, than getting your, than getting toasted. You know, so we'll see. Guys have no idea who's getting eighteen and seven. I'm assuming Josh Williams would get eighteen. I have no idea who'll get seven. And quite honestly, I know people love the eighteen and seven. I don't. I, it, it does not bother me. Like I. Great on number 18. I love that tradition. Number seven. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Give it to somebody in recruiting, you know, coming in. I don't know. Uh, Jeff Miley, what's up, Jeff? Says, giving support to the show. Go Tigers. Thank you so much, buddy, for the super chat. Jay says, Jameis Winston is starting tonight for the Saints. Game still on. Earthquake and hurricane, the game's still being played. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Langston says Florida State's wide receivers average 6-4 as well. I don't like that matchup. I don't like the matchup. Uh, at all. You're going to have to – LSU – and look, two weeks is a long way away. LSU's front seven is going to have to really dominate. I mean, because we won't see anything until then, right? Like, we won't give, be given the privilege, at least not to my knowledge, we will not be given the privilege to go back out there. If we are, great. If not, okay. But from what we've seen, and from what just what we've seen, it's not been productive. It's not been productive. I mean, thank God you had drops. Thank God. Because if you didn't, you would be in serious. You, this defense would have been in another. Guys, everybody was out there. Let's let's call a spade a spade. You ready? Here's the truth. Last sat not this Saturday, but the Saturday before, the day that Corey Moore committed, they just didn't call it a scrimmage. It was a scrimmage. They called this a scrimmage because boosters were coming. They gave the boosters some, like, little thing when they're walking out. Okay, great. All right. They gave them, like, a little uh, uh, token or whatever. Okay, good. Okay, okay, great. Last Saturday, they had a scrimmage that got absolutely roasted. You make those catches. You don't fumble the football. There's no telling what would have happened. But there's one thing that is for damn sure that one thing that I know for a fact that will happen. Mason Taylor is a massive target for Jane Daniels, and he's going to go to him over and over again. 
Malik Neighbors is a massive target for Jane Daniels, and he's going to go to him a lot. It's like death, taxes, and Jane Daniels throwing the ball to Malik Neighbors or Mason Taylor. I mean, I don't even I didn't even need to go to the scrimmage to tell you exactly what the offensive game plan from Jane would have been. They start taking away the middle of the field. Okay? Which is what Matt House tried to do after the 17-yard game from Mason Taylor. They go one-on-one uh, because, because they have to start bracketing Mason Taylor. They leave Malik Neighbors one-on-one on the outside. He doesn't drop two passes. Guys, it's literally he's a catch away from either getting 11, 7, 8, 9, 10 yards, whatever. But if he breaks that tackle, he's going to the house. They would have sugar-shawned him right with the right hand right to the temple. They had him beat. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. Front seven's got to be better. They got to be better. They got to be better. Adam Abair says, everyone hit the like and share and drop some super chats for this man's hard work. Great work, Blake. Thank you, Adam, so much. Thank you so much, man. I really do appreciate that. I really do appreciate that. And they, every time it goes to help the show, y'all know that. Thank you. Brian Turner says, I don't know any feasible way LSU slows Florida state down, much less win the game. Just my opinion though. I don't think we're losing the game though. I think offensively you're just dominating. Um, you're just dominating. And it is what it is at this point. You got your front seven's got to dominate. You're going to have to play, you're going to have to play everything in front of you. Quite frankly, let Florida State nickel and dime you if they're going to beat you that way. And if they beat you that way, fine. Don't let anything big happen. But, you thought you would think that they would be in better shape than what they are right now. And look, who knows? Man, who knows? They could come out here in two weeks and look like the 2011 team for all I know. But I know what I've seen. I know what everybody else has seen. I mean, in this whole, the media is creating a narrative. Creating a narrative for what? What do you, it's not just Jaden. It's not just Garrett. Guys, Garrett threw two passes away that he should have had. So, we'll see. I I don't get that. People have mental, you know, God bless it. I'm not, I'm not going there. But you know what I want to say. Get yourself checked. Jay says, can you compare Nuss to JD5? Boy, isn't that... Here's how I've compared him. I do think that Jane has taken a massive step forward in the decision-making and what he wants to do. Guys, the first or second team did not give up a sack. Mainly, a lot of that has to do with Jaden won the protection, 
but two, knowing Jay, knowing what he needs to do in the offense and getting it there. Guys, he hit Mason Taylor <clears throat> on a 17-yard crossing route. Um, that quite frankly, I don't remember him really making, you know, he was, and it was so beautiful because he kind of gives a little shimmy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hold on one second. Sorry. Wasn't really a, uh, a, a pump, but he gives a little shoulder nudge on the hitch to Malik. Andre Sam comes down. Mason Taylor goes over the middle behind the linebackers. Bloop. And thank God Major Burns is not is a senior. Thank God Sage Ryan knew what was coming. That's it, dude. I mean, that's it. Garrett is – I like the progression of Garrett a lot. I think that he's taken a step back on, look, man, I don't need to be a gunslinger the whole time. And I think the little screen check down pass to Caleb Jackson is another fraction in his development. Man, just throw, just throw it to the playmakers. And – I think I think you can win a national title with both of them, quite frankly. Quite frankly. Now I know Preston Guy had the official stats and he was there. And I as much as I love Preston, I trust him. Um I trust his decision his, you know, because I don't I didn't see anything different. Let's see Nussmeyer. Nussmeyer's passed to Chris Hilton, though, man, on that slant on third and eleven. I mean that was pretty. But then he comes back and completely – so the deep pass that was incomplete, Jalen Brown ran a, a post a post route, and he threw it into double coverage. He actually threw that pass twice to Jalen Brown in double coverage. And he's lucky he didn't get picked. If Jalen Brown does not come back to the ball in that first one, it gets picked. But it didn't. Kai Pran is another interesting, another interesting player too that I think LSU fans should keep their eyes on. He he might he might have something. Kai Pran from St. James. Um, I like that kid. He's made he's made some very interesting plays. Uh, Michael says Blake, what's the deal with Terrence Welsh? Man, he just just gonna be honest. Um. Just going to be honest, he hasn't really been out there with the ones like that. And, look, this is concerning a lot of LSU fans, and I get it. Like, I do understand it. But I do think it, you're like this, this, like this is a little overboard. LSU is going to score more than 24 points. Um, They're going to score well score more than 25 po- uh, 24 points. So, the question becomes, if you are if you are as good offensively as you think that you are, what you're doing to a a defense that doesn't have a lot of continuity in the back in in the back, well, I just say back seven, 
then yeah, it's supposed to look like this. And let me ask you the flip side of this. Would it be more concerning to you if they didn't look like this, mainly because they were all together last year? Guys, the only person that's not there really, I guess you could say, would be Kayshawn, okay? But you're all right at wide receiver. Kayshawn Booty and Anthony Bradford are the only two guys that are out in that. But you add in an Aaron Anderson. This receiving core is really good. You would really want them to be where they're at right now. I Did you see this? I just started. I don't know what to do. Pooh Bear. I have no idea what to do. Make your own media company. Grow it the way that we have. Oh, wait, that's right. You can't because you have a past history. Idiot. Well, then don't listen. Why are you here? Like, why are you here? Boxing matches. Dude. You are literally five foot seven. You would get demolished. Stop. You got your little group of buddies that want to continue to call me out. Sounds good, bud. You know, and I know, that you don't want that, neither does your family. All right. David says, Blake, do we see Jalen Brown hit the field? Man, he had a really good play. Nussmeyer threw a slant. Deuce Chestnut uh, misses the tackle, and he goes for 20. And that's coming off the third down that Nuss had on uh, for Hilton. So third and 11, that was a really good sequence of plays. Uh, third and 11, Hilton for 11. Nussmeyer deep pass incomplete. Jalen Brown slant, 20 yards. Chestnut missed tackle. That kid can play. That kid can play. And I do think you'll see some rotate. I do think I do think that you'll see him a little bit. Now, how much, I do not know. I do think that you see him a little bit. But he's got he's got some two he's got two dudes ahead of him that can play, really play too. That being Brian Thomas Jr. and Chris Hilton Jr. Jarvis Jennings says, I love you, Blake. <laughs> yes, indeed. Love y'all too, man. Love y'all too. But it's just Rudy Poos, man. Rudy Poos. Um, not you, Jarvis, but other ones. Uh, Jason Brufield Blake says, Blake, there was no Mason Smith uh, on the rush. Matters a lot. Uh, we'll see the difference when he's in there. Here's the problem. Okay. Um, here's the problem. He's got to get in there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, Chili says, hashtag ask Blake, how short of a leash does Kyron Lacey and his drops have? I think, well, really and truthfully, um, really and truthfully, 
he had this was the first time that I've seen him um with that many drops, but a short leash because him and Aaron Anderson are rotating in the slot. They will not keep him in there if he's dropping passes. But here's the crazy thing, though, about Kyron Lacey. Here's the crazy thing. He's doing that in practice, but name a time that you've seen Kyron Lacey really have drops in games. Kyron Lacey's had some really big-time catches in games. Uh, Mr. Purp says, Blake, you know I got to mess with you, man. I'm not negative. Bro, you negative. <laughs> you like the opposite side of a, of a magnet, bro. Yeah, Mr. Perp said who it is. Y'all know who it is. Freaking Rudy Poos. Poos says the Texas A&M game was the only game that I can think of, and that that game was not on him. I mean, we just got clapped up front. H-Town said, Blake, he had a lot of drops last year, but you know who he didn't have more than? Kayshawn. But you're right. We got to stop. All right, one more, then we're getting out of here. Saints pregame. Saints game. Here's my Saints analysis. You ready? Go watch it. Nobody's going to be in the game. They're playing in a hurricane and an earthquake just happened. (laughs) Yeah, he did have a drop against Purdue. All right, last one, then we'll get out of here. Uh, M says, Blake, is there any specific matchups you think LSU has a big advantage for? Well, that's a good place to leave it off because – we're going to talk about, start talking about this little uh, this week. Little gum disease on YouTube. Yeah, man, that will give it to you, I got to admit. Blake, which home game are you looking forward to the most? All of them. <laughs> All of them. I think Florida's going to be bad. I'm, going to, I'm really excited for that demise. We'll see you all tomorrow. Carter Bryant, join, Carter Bryant joins us then. Y'all have a good night. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.